my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I'm super excited to be here today with a 2015 graduate of our program, Brooks Lambertson. How are you, Brooks? I'm good, Dr. Greenwood. Great to see you. Great to see you as well. Uh, Brooks and I uh, were just talking. Uh, he, he grew a little bit, uh, grew, grew a beard um, during uh, during COVID, during mobile uh, work period. Um, and we're, I'm excited about getting into everything that he's doing. He's been doing some really exciting stuff as um, he's currently serving as the Vice President of Sponsorship Activation at City National Bank in, in L.A., um, he is a former, uh, formerly worked for the Los Angeles Clippers. So we'll talk a little bit about that time period and in that transition. And, and um, you know, a lot of our students um, transition throughout their careers. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to, to have Brooks on is to talk about that transition and, and what it's been like. And, and um, so I'm excited about getting to that point. But let's go back in time a little bit first, Brooks, and tell, tell everyone where you're from. Yeah, I'm from Folsom, California, so up in the Sacramento area. Right, okay, yeah, you, Johnny, Johnny Cat, you know, I know Johnny Cash is not from Folsom, but um, Folsom was made famous, I think, by Johnny Cash, and uh, uh, singing at the the prison there, I, I grew up, uh, grew up listening to that, so uh, right. I'm sure you've heard that a few times from older dudes like me. Yeah, all the time. Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we're known for. There you go. There you go. Um, was the, the uh, I'm sure the water wasn't that bad in the at uh, the rest of Folsom, but uh, as it was at the prison. Yeah, no, it was it was fine. We all, we have a lake too, or uh, we had a lake. It might be dried up now. So the oh, right. only time I, I hear things about Folsom are when people talk about the prison or the lake. So right. Awesome. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that that famous. Um, that that famous um taping at the prison that johnny cash did um if you go back and listen to it it's really quite amazing um but he talks about the water and he's like they they, they he asked for a glass of water and he holds it up and it's not very clear at all and he yep. uh he makes a makes a couple of statements about that but um so what did your parents do when you were growing up yeah, so my mom, uh, she worked and volunteered at our schools growing up. Uh, my dad worked in sales his whole career, um, primarily for a company called Ose. He was selling kind of large-scale printers and copiers for different businesses around the area. Okay. Um, and then I also had an older sister, so she's a, a year older um, than me. Right on. What does your sister do? So right now, she is uh, a project manager for Airbnb. Oh, right um, I'm actually in the process of trying to recruit her to move to LA. Oh, are you? Um, I love it down here. And uh, she's kind of, she's been able to work remotely. So she's kind of traveling around. Right. Um, and she's a project manager for their photo team, which is really cool. So she has the flexibility to kind of travel around and um, work at a different offices in different cities and really work from home. So right. whenever she gets to a point where they're going to require her to, to move to a home base, I'm you know, putting on the full court press to try to get her to LA. There you go. I love it. Well, I love hearing, um, you know, in having two kids and a, um, uh, daughter and a son, I, um, I always love hearing, um, when, 
uh, siblings are, are close. And so that's great. That's great to hear. And, um, you know, to put in a plug for you, for your sister, I look out your window there and I was, that looks like a pretty amazing view uh, <laughs> over, over your shoulder there. But, uh, but so, uh, uh, obviously that that's, that's just great podcasting, right? Since they can't see that, you know, I just made everyone, Hey, you got to go to LA to see that view that Brooks has, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so tell me what, tell me what young Brooks was like growing up what, what was your jam mm. uh young brooks i would say pretty shy uh yeah. my sister like we're close in age so a lot of times like we were doing this, the same things and obviously okay. having the same conversations at home so she was definitely the talker i was a little more of a late bloomer um but really just like a, a sports nut um played a lot of sports just like in my free time would watch sports. Uh, so I feel like that was probably the the biggest thing I remember about my childhood is just always doing something with, uh, with sports and particularly basketball. Um, but pretty shy other than that. I got you. I got you. You know, it's always funny for me because I, um, I do all these podcasts and almost, it seems like almost every student I talked to was into sports growing up and, um, and it's funny, neither one of my kids, I'm a sport management professor and neither one of my kids are into sports really at all. At all. Um, they, they don't watch, they don't play, they don't. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm off in the, uh, I'm off in the other room watching sports and they're, they're watching anime and gaming and everything else. But yeah, no, yeah that's no, good I, too. Yeah, that's good too. Exactly. And I, I've come to embrace it and, uh, and whatnot, but I, I like, uh, living vicariously through, through all of you all too. So, um, let's talk about the, that transition to Cal Poly. What, uh, what connection? Usually there's some form of connection. Um, did you have a connection? And if not, how'd you hear about Cal Poly? Yeah, a couple of connections. The first most obvious is my dad went to Cal Poly. Oh, he did? In, uh, awesome. Yeah, back in the late <laughs> 70s, early 80s, and he played basketball um, for the oh, school. Yeah. So uh, we'd always known about Cal Poly just growing up, and we had you know visited San Luis Obispo a couple of times. Right. So it was always on the radar. And then uh, my sister being a year older, she actually attended Cal Poly as well. Uh, I was a graphic communications major. So oh, that's for awesome. me, it was kind of a, an easier path just uh, since they both had had gone there. And I knew that my sister was going to be there. Of course. So then um, as that kind of rose to the top of my list, uh, it was just a matter of like trying to find a way to get in and pick the right major and um, ultimately get accepted. So right. Yeah. Always part of the plan once uh, once my sister went there. I love it. Well, that's great. I I, I talked to so many, um, so many of our alumni who have uh, parents or uncles or brothers or sisters, and um, it 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 just seems like it's um you know we we talk a lot about the department being a family. We try to try to make it more of a family type feel, and um, obviously with the pandemic and everything else, that's been harder and harder. And so we're we're looking forward to. I think obviously everyone in, in the world is is looking forward to some f- return to to nor- whatever normal is now, right? <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I do feel like that's one thing that that hopefully we can hold on to is that family feel, um, and so because because we, we do value it, we feel like it's so important. So let's yeah, I think talk- you do a I think you do a great job of that. I mean, things with the the podcast like this and your activity on LinkedIn, I think that helps us stay connected. So you're doing a great job of that. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, you know, yeah, LinkedIn has definitely helped us along those lines for sure. And um, 
And, uh, you know, I, uh, I appreciate the, the kudos with the, with the podcast, but it's really just me being selfish and, uh, wanting to, wanting to talk to, to more people and, and, uh, and hear from more people. And, you know, it, it's, it's the weirdest thing as a, as a faculty member, I, I my first like 10 years or, or more here, it, it was really kind of a, an, uh, a bad feeling, right? I mean, you know, with, with students graduating that you get close to and that, that you, that you love and care about, you know, and then they graduate and then you never, you never see them again, or maybe, maybe you happen to bump into them once down the line. But, but now with, with LinkedIn, we are able to stay a little bit more connected and it, it feels, it feels way, way better. And this podcast is definitely, has definitely been feeding that desire to like, want to stay in touch and, and want to, to keep up with people. And, um, and so I, I have really, really enjoyed that aspect. So let's talk about your time, Brooks, at, at Cal Poly. You are, were one of those that, that um, from the jump got pretty involved and, and used, um, used Cal Poly like the learn by doing lab that it should be used as, right? And so can you talk a little bit about what you did in particular with, with Cal Poly women's basketball. Um, you know, we've had a number of students over the years that have, um, that have really connected with a, with a program, um, an athletics program at Cal Poly, but you in particular, like, you know, you, you spent three years with them. So can you talk about what you learned during that process, what you did and, and that sort of thing? Yeah. So, uh, give all the credit to a couple of my, my roommates throughout the years, they were involved with the women's basketball program first, um, and introduced me to it. And so my last year at Cal Poly, I, uh, I joined them on the scout team, which was really cool. Um, we basically would, would attend practice and play and help them prepare and basically run scout and, um, you know, study the upcoming opponent, what kind of offense they ran and then help, you know, ultimately help them prepare for, you know, what kind of schemes that they were going to run. So that was, that was really great. And then after that, when it came time to uh, picking an internship through the, the sport management program, I was able to stay on campus and, um, and work with the, the women's basketball team over the summer to help them with some of their recruiting efforts, some of the marketing, um, and really it's just a, a great program. I, I saw recently that Coach Faith uh, announced her retirement after 25 seasons, which is awesome. So congratulations to her. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the, the, the moments that stuck out the most for me at Cal Poly was just working with the women's team. I also did some work uh, at Spanos um, managing some of the suites. I was a, a suites coordinator for the games um, at the football stadium and soccer stadium. Yeah. So yeah, just getting involved with the athletic department. I think that that all came from uh you know, the, the major encouraging us to go out and get new experiences and truly learn by doing, right. Um, industry, we're all now, it's, it's just so to learn how to communicate and not a lot of that can be, you know, fully taught in class. You just have to go out and do it. And so my time with the, yeah, the women's basketball program and at the, the football stadium, um, I think really helped me learn a lot just from working with different people. Right. And now that you say that, I realized that I looked at that wrong on LinkedIn. It has you as uh, working for Cal Poly women's basketball for three years. But then I look at it and I'm like, oh, wait, actually, the three years was uh, the three years was out, was uh, at Spano Stadium. 
And so as a, a suites coordinator and getting all of that experience, I would imagine that that helped you a great deal with, um, with one of your role with, with the Clippers, right? Cause you were, um, I would imagine, I mean, obviously it's a smaller scale, right? Working with suites at Cal Poly, but you are working with VIPs. You are working with people who are important people to Cal Poly and you ended up um, you ended up in um, a couple of positions with the Clippers that I, that I know probably um, you you could apply some of what you had already learned. Was is that was that the case? Yeah, completely. I think just uh, just learning the hospitality industry. I think it's all the same at the end of the day. Just making sure people have a great and memorable experience when they're attending an event. And so, um, yeah, when I was interviewing for the Clippers, I, I think I referenced that a couple of times, knowing that it wasn't really an apples to apples comparison, um, but still just showing that, yeah, I was able to, to gain some experience um, while in college, just taking care of, you know, some of the, the more VIP attendees of those games up in the suites, um, I, I guess, hopefully showed that I was comfortable with, um, you know, doing the same for the Clippers when it came to taking care of their corporate partners um, when they were coming through to, to Staples Center. So, yeah, it, it definitely helped. Awesome. So let's talk. Let's talk about that. Those those years with the Clippers. So you you almost four years with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, obviously, I connected with you at, at one point while you were while you were with the Clippers and um, and got you to to talk to to my students in, in RPTA one hundred and sixty for sport management. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the element that you and I, I I've talked to you a little bit about this um, through um, exchanges, but you know, one of the things that, that we used to get a little bit of critique from, from, from people, mainly current students would look at it and would be like, well, um, it seems like a lot of students are leaving sport management for other opportunities. Like, why is that? Right. Um, now, right now we probably have 10 to 12 who are working for professional sports, but there was a time where we didn't have very many. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I said to, to people was, well, they get hired away, <laughs> you know, they, they work for, they work for a team for a few years and, and they do a great job, uh, with their clients and with the people that they're working with. And there is a lot of crossover, obviously with sponsorship and sports. And so, um, sometimes it's, it's hard to hang on when you have, uh, a client who's offering you a position for double the pay or, or for better hours or for better benefits or whatever it may be. So can you talk a little bit about those, um, about that aspect? Um, and, um, and, you know, if you can work into, you know, what you learned through the Clippers, because I know you, you obviously are, are applying some of the things that you learned there with what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. So the, I mean, first and foremost, the Clippers was a, a dream job for me. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I was like kind of luckily able to stumble across that and have an opportunity that um, came about way faster than I would have ever imagined was really fortunate timing. Yeah. Um, but when I was there, I wasn't expecting to leave at all. I loved it. Right. Um, just being in that environment, you know, even though it wasn't truly like I, you know, I wasn't involved with the basketball operations. It was more on the business side, just having the Clippers and the NBA be the backdrop and being able to go to 41 plus games a year, obviously working, but having that the environment 
was something I never knew was, was really even possible. Um, and then getting to learn about, um, the sponsorship world and corporate partnerships and what that really means was really eye-opening. Um, cause it, it's not something that I ne- ever really knew existed. I mean, you'll watch a game and you'll see courtside signage and you'll see brands pop up, but you don't really process it when you're watching the game. Right. Um, and now it's hard not to notice it, but, right. um, you know, all that stuff is, is learned over time. I don't think anyone's just kind of born knowing, you know, uh, what that sponsorship and marketing world entails. Right. Um, but yeah, then over time, um, with the Clippers, one of the first accounts that I was assigned to, to manage their sponsorship was city national bank. And so I got to know my boss now pretty well, just, um, you know, working with her to try to, to come up with ways to elevate city nationals brand. And at the Clippers, it was really cool because I could have an opportunity to learn about a lot of different businesses. I would manage like a, an account like City National, but then also an American Airlines or a Red Bull um, who have really different priorities when it comes to, you know, the marketing that they're doing with the team. Yeah. And so on that side of the business, it was really cool to be able to, you know, learn about what they're trying to achieve and then use my expertise on the team side to, to try to help them achieve those goals. And then, yeah, just one thing led to another and um, an opportunity came up at City National Bank and uh, yeah, my, uh, my manager now presented me with the opportunity and it just kind of opened up, uh, you know, a lot of other new doors to new experiences, um, with entertainment options outside of just basketball. So now it's kind of flipped. Like I'm on the brand side, we're spending the money and trying to get the most out of it, but I'm not just working with the Clippers. Um, you know, it's, it's hockey with the Vegas Golden Knights, it's theater venues, it's, award shows like the Tonys and the SAG Awards, film festivals. So areas that I have no expertise in, but right. using kind of the basics that I was able to learn at the Clippers and applying that to the branch side um, kind of made it a, a, an easier transition than I would have thought. Right. Well, a, a couple of things um, as you were talking that I thought about. Um, uh, one, you, you haven't really left, you haven't really left the sport world, right? Because we, you know, that, that brand and sponsorship, the sport sponsorship mm-hmm. element and the activations that you're doing. So you, do you, you now handle the Clippers account? Is that right? From yeah. So I did, we're, we're not a partner with the Clippers anymore, unfortunately, oh, okay. but yeah, exactly. I, I felt like I was still connected to that world and that made it a little easier to uh to kind of take the leap of faith knowing that i you know still have that level of interaction with the teams yeah i love it and so that uh, so you you're you're verifying what i've what i've said to our students a few times i'm like well they haven't necessarily left because they could still be handling accounts right with sports sponsorships and that sort of thing and and you'll be happy to know i i know some of our current students who who will be listening are like what is he talking about dr greenwood has sponsorship activation projects uh with sport marketing and the fan experience now and uh you know that uh but brooks was here uh, uh, when we did not have that course, uh, sport marketing and the fan experience. And so, uh, yeah, they do, they do a sponsorship activation. Um, and so speaking of sponsorship activation and what you're currently doing with city national bank, you, you've just had, a you just had a, a pretty, a pretty amazing activation. That's one of the things that, um, I was already obviously connected with Brooks through LinkedIn, but he posted um, about a, a recent um, about a recent activation that he had. I wonder if you can tell the listeners about what you just did. Sure. Yeah. So this is with the 
the SAG Awards. Um, so they're a relatively new uh, property that we've decided to, to partner with. And I mean, just kind of taking a step back to as a bank, as a financial institution, um, kind of a dull industry, like if we're being honest. So it's tough to, you know, what can we do that's fun and exciting that's going to, you know, capture the attention of, of, of people being a bank, knowing that that's not really a, a fun or creative topic, like people want to feel secure with their finances. Um, so that's always kind of a challenge to, to come up with creative ways to bring the brand to life when it is um, an industry that's not, you know, super exciting. Right. Um, right. And then for us, we bank a lot of the entertainment industry. Our roots are strong with, you know, being a financial services partner for a lot of entertainers, business managers, um, being the largest bank headquartered in LA. We felt like we needed to, to have a footprint and be in front of the entertainment industry to, to kind of show that this is our area of expertise. And so we were tasked with coming up with a bit of a social media activation um, at the SAG Awards. And what we came up with is actually something we applied to the Tony Awards uh, in New York uh, for the Broadway community. But basically, you know, as the winners were coming off stage after receiving their, their SAG Awards, they have to come out and actually sign a legal document to receive their legitimate statuette. Oh, and really? so we were the presenting sponsor of that room and that area. And so then we contracted um, a SAG member and a Broadway performer, his name's Telly Lee Young, to be kind of our host of that moment. And really before, you know, the, before the winners go on their media tour to, to give their formal interviews with the, you know, the People magazines or the Entertainment Tonight, um, we had the opportunity to be the first stop and get more of an organic reaction of like, wow, you just won a SAG award. What, what are your first impressions? Right. Um, and then post that content on social media. So for us, it, it was about being in a really contextual spot for the entertainment industry to show that this is a space that, you know, we're comfortable with and we, we belong. Um, and then just really fun to be in that kind of environment and get creative and see, see the winners coming off stage when the, the emotion's a little more raw than, you know, when they do those formal media sessions was pretty cool. So again, that was one, no experience with award shows at all, just kind of came about through what we're trying to achieve at the bank. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool one to be a part of. Yeah, well, I think you, I would say you achieved it pretty well. You know, I, I saw the pictures that you posted and I was like, that, that's exactly what came through right that organic reaction right and uh you see the the looks on on their faces and uh and yeah it's not it's not contrived it's it's the it's the real emotion of of right when they're they're walking out so you definitely you definitely can feel and and sense that through the through the pictures and of course city national bank right over <laughs> their shoulder you yeah. know, when you got will smith's uh smiling from ear to ear and city national bank right over his shoulder that's a that's a pretty good uh that's a pretty good uh activation i would say brooks uh so yeah it's the money shot <laughs> kudos yeah kudos there for sure um your your sister would be proud of uh the of the photography there right um, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so um I love it. And I, and I wonder, I wonder if you can, um, if we can wrap up here by you reflecting a little bit, you know, you actually, uh, we had not changed our name, um, when you, when you graduated, um, to experience industry management. Um, but I think it's fitting because what you're doing 
absolutely has so much relevance to, 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 to you know, what we've seen and the evolution that we've seen and, and where we've gone since you've, since you've left um, in terms of uh, really doubling down on experience design and design thinking and how important that is um, to, um, to people in the workplace. And, and um, you know, whenever I use the example, uh, the longtime listeners of the podcast have heard this over and over again. They've heard me talk about that co-creation. And, and I, 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 I almost always say, whether it's a bank or a hospital <laughs> or a professional sports team, a hotel, a, you know, then I go into our, our more traditional um, settings everyone's working on co-creating experiences. Um, and, um, and so I wonder if you can, uh, you've already reflected on that quite a bit with, with what you said about, yeah, you know, with banks being a little, little dull, you got to figure out ways to, to, to energize and excite people about, about them. And, um, so I wonder if you can reflect though on on what you're seeing out in the workplace. Do you, do you see that co-creation as a big part of what you're doing? Yeah, always. I think that's what creates the best experiences is when you're working hand in hand with with the partner, whether it's, you know, if you're on the team side with the brand or brand with the property, um, when you're co-creating and having those conversations, just that's when the best ideas uh, come about. And so, yeah, 100% the, the experience industry is is thriving, I think, especially as we're um, kind of turning the corner on COVID a little bit. I'm, I'm cautious to say that, but the more that we're returning to in-person events with fans and those experiences are happening in person, um, I feel like everybody, like what we're seeing is people are ready, like eager to get back out. Our relationship managers and bankers are eager to take our clients to events and build relationships with them. And then our clients are excited to get back to events too. So it's a, uh, it's, you know, more important now than it ever was uh, to, to build those experiences and making sure that, you know, as, as the brand, we're, you know, building something that's meaningful and memorable. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that the, the change of name with the major um, definitely, you know, kind of does more justice to, to what we do across the board. Um, and I, I love the word experience because that's what really it is about the end of the day. Yeah. Um, like you said, whether you're a bank, a hospital, a team, a theater, um, we're all trying to create those experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. And being, being part of that has been really cool. Awesome. Well, you know, I, it's just unfortunate that you're not in a better part of the, of the country to be able to go out and to, um, attend events. Um, because I imagine there's not too many opportunities there in the uh, greater Los Angeles area. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, what a pl- what a place to be, right? To 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 uh, to do what you're doing. Um, I, I imagine it's I imagine it's pretty exciting, but I imagine it it also is is can be a a little bit overwhelming because there are so many choices. So when when you and your team are are, are sitting down and trying to think about. Um, who to partner with and 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 how to how to activate the brand. Um, I love what you said that you're attuned to that entertainment space, of course. Um, but obviously, LA is the entertainment capital of the world. I mean, how do you how do you go about choosing? Is there do you have a process? What what do you? 
Yeah, that's the ultimate question. Um, I, right. To your point, LA is such a crowded space. There, there are so many options, and I think we get so many inbound uh, requests that it's it's hard to evaluate. Um, I think here, like because we're headquartered here, it's always important to have something that's true and authentic and kind of on our home territory. Right. Um, but recently, as we grow into different markets like New York and Washington D.C it's been important for us to evaluate new opportunities outside of LA as well. Cause we feel like, you know, our, our brand awareness is fairly strong here and we need to continue to grow it in other markets. Um, so that's been, you know, a lot of the sponsorships that we've been evaluating lately have been outside of the LA area. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, to your point, like Super Bowl being in LA here recently, right. so many opportunities. It's like, how are we going to stand out? Should we do anything? Should we just, or go all together. Um, apart from the event itself, there's so many, uh, you know, networking parties and events that happen in the week leading up to it. Um, so we evaluate and occasionally we're able to, um, you know, seek the assistance of an agency to help us, you know, get some more data behind the, the decisions that we're going to make. Um, but it's a collaborative process. I think we, we're always the first checkpoint to see if, uh, if this is something that makes sense, if we have discretionary budget that we can spend on something additional that wasn't planned for in the beginning of the year. Um, but for the bigger ones, we, we typically know going into it um, where we're going to need to find a new opportunity, how much we have to spend, and then we can be a little more selective from there to try to you know, work with our, our business units who are really selling the products and the services and the relationships to uh, know what kind of experience they're looking to create um, and, you know, what, what clients they're trying to reach. And then from there, it's about, you know, finding, finding those experiences and finding those popular venues and teams that, you know, people see that City National Bank is, you know, the official bank of Tribeca Film Festival. And I love going to the Tribeca Film Festival. Then, um, I'm going to feel, you know, a more willingness to uh, to maybe move my financial portfolio over to City National. So right. it's about building that trust. But I think it, it starts with the audience um, and understanding what what audience is uh, attracted to these types of events, and then kind of being selective from there. Right, right, love it. So we'll we'll end with what advice would you have, uh, or what advice would you give to, uh, you know current students, um, young professionals who, who are interested in, in growing their, their skills and, and potentially, um, getting into to, to sponsorships and, and, you know, whether it be on a team side or a brand side, what, what advice would you give, um, to them? Yeah, I think, uh, maybe the first step is just to become more aware of it, like in, a, in our day-to-day lives, like something that kind of went right over my head until I got into the industry, just when you're watching a game or an award show or um, whatever you're doing, just intentionally start to notice the marketing and the sponsorship and really start to digest and think about, you know, I wonder why, um, you know, this car company is spending money on this, or I wonder why they're doing that. Um, Cause then you can start to, to really think through critically and, and understand or try to guess why, um, you know, why brands are spending money in, in certain places. And then two, um, just try to find a mentor and don't be afraid to ask questions. I think I said this earlier, but like nobody's known, uh, or born known, knowing any of this. Right. Um, so if you haven't studied something or are just unfamiliar with the world, like try to find somebody 
who has experience and build a relationship with them and just ask questions. Um, and that includes me too. I can't promise that I'll have every answer, but if someone wants to reach out and ask questions, my little uh, LinkedIn door is open. So I'm happy to help however I can. But yeah, I think um, it, it's impossible to know until you've really lived it or learned it or aware of it. Um, so trying to find somebody who's been through it first that can help answer some of those, you know, more elementary questions or more complicated questions is probably the best advice that I can give. Right on. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, uh, the willingness to, to want to give back through doing this podcast and, and through, um, through what you just said and in terms of your, your LinkedIn door. I love that. I've never heard that uh, term, but I love that. My LinkedIn door is always open. I love it. Um, so Brooks, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time and, um, it's great to catch up and it's great to see you. Thank you, Dr. Greenwood. Great to see you as well. All right. Take care. All right.